So this morning's reading is taken from Luke 15, uh, starting at verse 11. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to these fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father, but when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. But this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he, called, because he, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I would celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, just open our eyes and ears and hearts now to hear what you want to say to us. Bless Martin as he speaks, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Steve. So Jesus told this parable to uh, a range of people. There were uh, tax collectors and Pharisees, teachers of the law, but also among them would have been uh, um, outcasts, sinners, those who were not respectable. And knowing this, Jesus speaks a story, um, a parable, which is an allegory. That is, the characters in the story represent the people in the crowd. So the father in the story represents God the Father. The younger son represents the, uh, the rebellious sinners, the disrespectable sinners, like the tax collectors and uh, all the um, people in the wrong trades, as it were. And the elder brother represents the Pharisees and the tax collectors. And Jesus' message to both sets of people listening is simple. It is this, both the elder brother and the younger brother in the story fail to love the father. The younger brother obviously failed to love his father by rebelling against his father. The older brother failed to love his father because he grumbled against the father's 
provision for him. He wanted the father's things, but he didn't want the father. And in fact, both sons wanted the father's things more than they wanted the father. And as a result, both brothers were alienated from the father's love. Um, the lesson for us is that we can be like both brothers, can't we? We can be rebellious like the younger brother going away from the Lord with our sin. But we can also be like the older brother. We become begrudging, self-righteous, unable to party and celebrate when it's not us that's the focus of God's grace. We have the ability to be like the older brother and the younger brother, and sometimes even at the same time. The problem is with both brothers, they don't revel in and delight in God's love as they should. They want the things of God provides more than they want God himself. So this is a parable for all of us to respond to. The parable of the lost son could easily be renamed the parable of the loving father because the father is the central character really in this parable. Um, both sons fail to love God and we can learn from both sons how not to love God, but the younger son repents and we can learn something about how to love God by repenting. So two negative points and one positive point this morning. First example of how not to love God, the younger son. Verse 12, the younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, to understand how shocking this story would have been to those listening, um, when a father died, it was only then that the eldest son received a double portion of what the other children inherited. So in this case, there were two sons. The older son, on the death of the father would inherit two thirds of the estate and the younger son would inherit one third of the estate, but only when the father died. So for the younger son to ask the father for his share of the inheritance was to wish the father dead. It was to say, father, I, I, I don't want your love. I don't want you. Just give me my share of the estate and I'll clear off and you can forget about me and I can forget about you. It was disrespectful in the extreme. But the father's response was even more shocking. A father in Near Eastern culture, according to Kenneth Bailey, if the younger son acted like this, it was expected that he would be disciplined. He would be beaten with rods. That may sound shocking, but that was how it was in ancient Near Eastern culture. He would be thrown out of the family and would never have received his share of the inheritance. He would have blown it. But that's not what the father in the story does at all. He gives the younger son a third of the estate. Now, this would have been um, hugely dis inconvenient for the father. The father's um, wealth would have been tied up in land and property. And so the father would have to sell land and property in order to generate the cash to send the younger son off. So he breaks up the family estate by asking for his share of the inheritance. He disrespects his father by effectively wishing his father was dead. And the father suffers the agony of the younger son rejecting his love 
and going off and doing his own thing. So the father absorbs all of the hate, the rejection, and he sends the younger son off with his share of the inheritance. This is deeply shocking. Do you hear it? And the younger son goes off to a far country, squanders everything he has through using prostitutes, spending through an out of control lifestyle. Uh, Tim Keller in his commentary says that the younger son represents our culture today that rebels against a loving creator, heavenly father, and basically says, no one tells me how to live. No one sets rules for me. No, no truth out there should shape the way I live. I am free to be whoever I want to be. And that is our culture, isn't it? Rejecting God and his loving rule over us, rejecting his commands and saying, I will be free by being who I want to be and living how I want to live. That is our culture. There's a cartoon of Thomas the Tank Engine. I couldn't find this on uh, Google Images. Um, it's in a book. But Thomas the Tank Engine, I know you will watch this religiously. Some of you are going, yeah, I have to watch it. I've got young kids. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. <laughs> Thomas has come off the rails and he's lying on his side and saying, I'm free, I'm free at last. I've come off the rails. And that's exactly how it is with people in our culture, isn't it? They've come off the rails, they've indulged their own freedom and said, I reject God and his loving rule and uh, laws and commands, and I'm living free, I'm off the rails. And they're on their side, unable to do that which they were created for. God made us to run on his rails. God made us for a relationship with him. We're not more free when we come off the rails. We are less free. When we don't run along the rails that God created us for, which is to have a loving relationship with him, we are less free. And we become bound up with addictive behavior, repeating patterns of sin. People are bound up with anger and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment. They feel a lostness inside, an emptiness. They're, they're, they have a craving, a hunger for satisfaction, which no material possessions and holidays and anything else can satisfy. And God says, that's because you were made, created for a relationship with me. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Only I can satisfy. Come to me, feed on me, be satisfied. Run on the rails that I've given you. And then you'll be at home. Second example of how not to love God, the older son. Um, jumping to the end of the story, after we learned that the younger brother came to his senses and returned home, the father threw a lavish party and feast for the younger brother to celebrate his change of heart. But there's no sign of the older brother. He refused to come into the house to celebrate with the father and the family. Now that was a huge sign of disrespect towards the father in this culture. The, young, the older son is out there and he says, I'm not coming in. Not for that son of yours. Uh, that's your brother, by the way. Hello. That son of yours, he says, forgetting he's my brother. Uh, 
often at this point we we struggle with this story because we have some sympathy with the older brother don't we yeah um i'm a younger brother and i know what it is to have an older brother older brothers can be self-righteous judgmental you know what i mean and they can tell you what to do even when you're in your 50s right <laughs> or try to anyway so at this point we may have some sympathy with the older brother we say silly younger brother rebel you know he deserved the wrath of his older brother don't we <laughs> notice the older brother's response as his father pleads with him to join the party listen, listen to this father look all these years i've been there it is slaving oh joy <laughs> anybody been serving god in church and felt like they're slaving for god not being recognized not being loved not being accepted affirmed encouraged you go oh, lord i'm missing out i've been slaving away and i'm grumpy because do you know there are christians there are people who've only just joined the church they don't deserve to receive your grace. Do you see the lifestyle they were living? And now everyone's throwing a party because they've come to Christ. And I've been forgotten. I've been serving you, Lord, for 45 years on 13 rotors. And Lord, you've forgotten me. And I'm grumpy. I'm angry because the attention is going to new people who are coming to faith. I've been forgotten. I'm no longer able to celebrate, Lord, because no one's recognizing my contribution anymore. The older brother complained that his father had not even given him a young goat to celebrate with. Never mind celebrating with the family. He says, you haven't even given me one to celebrate with me and my friends. He wants a, a pity party for himself and his friends, right? Doesn't want to celebrate with the family. Listen to the father, though. This is beautiful. I love this. Verse 31. My son, father said, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, not my son, this brother of yours, was dead and is now alive he was lost and is found you see there's the older brother complaining that no one loves him and no one's recognizing him and the father says to him all this time i've loved you i've never stopped loving you all i have is yours your share of two-thirds of the estate is safe you've got a roof over your head you've got my love you've always had my love it's never been any different. You see, the older brother thinks he's got to earn the father's love, doesn't he? He thinks it's his hard work and faithfulness and slavery over years that gets him a special ticket into God's favor. Oh, there's a word for us here, isn't there? Hello? We sometimes become grumbly and complainy and self-righteous and even angry and irritated because we've been serving for decades and we don't feel 
we're being recognized or treated as we deserve. But when has it ever been about what we deserve? When have we ever been able to earn God's love and favor? Hasn't it always been a gift? You see, the older brother reckoned his younger son deserved nothing for his rebellious behavior, correct? But then the older son deserved nothing for his rule keeping, right? Neither deserved anything. The father said to the older brother, you are always with me. You already have my love. You already have my possessions. Doesn't have to be earned. Just enjoy it, delight in it, celebrate what you already have and stop grumbling about what you don't have. The father's love is not to be earned, it's to be enjoyed. Um, oh, this is tough for me, this passage. <laughs> I, I'm so much like the older brother, so much of the time. Anybody else? The older brother is a picture of all of us who make our obedience to God the main thing ahead of our love for God, right? The Ephesian church were told to repent because although they were doing loads of good work, they were a busy church. The father said, but you've lost your first love for me. God doesn't want primarily our service, our obedience, our faithfulness, our rule keeping. He wants us. He wants our love. He wants our hearts. He doesn't want our rotors and decades of service. He simply says, will you delight in me? Will you love me? Will you revel in my grace and mercy and enjoy me? And from that place of security and love, will you then go and serve, fueled by love rather than by self-righteousness and the elder brother syndrome? Do you see how it works? So subtle, isn't it? Uh, truth is, I can be the younger brother, I can be the older brother, sometimes all in one morning, right? We're capable of both, aren't we? Here's a question for all of us to ask. Am I getting more like the older brother? Self-righteous, grumbly, complaining, unable to celebrate what God's doing in saving people? So I feel like I'm missing out on the party or I choose not to celebrate. Am I still celebrating and partying when God, when lost people come home or I, have I lost that heart of love for the lost? Remember, you always have the father's love in Christ. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ poured out on you if you're a Christian. Always, God is lavishing his grace, his love on you today in Christ. He's put his spirit in you. He says, you're my adopted child. He says, you're forgiven, you're redeemed. I chose you before the foundation of the world. I put my spirit in you as a guarantee of eternal life. I've saved you. I've forgiven you through the cross. I have lavished you with my grace and I'll go on lavishing you with my grace until you enter eternity. So delight in me, says the Lord. Rejoice in me. Enjoy me, says the Lord. And stop grumbling, says the Lord. 
third example of how to love God, the repentant younger son. Having hit rock bottom, the younger son came to his senses and realized he'd have been better off staying at home with food, shelter, and the father's love. But here he was starving to death, couldn't even fill his stomach with the pig food. And he's hit rock bottom because of course Jews saw pigs as an unclean animal. So he really has hit the bottom. He's come off the rails big time. So he hatches a, a plan to restore the relationship with his father. Here he, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. Have you prayed this prayer in your life yet? Have you come to the point where you've recognized that there is something missing in your world? Have you come to the point where you realize you're not at home? That you were made to love God? Have you come to that point where you realize that there must be more in life than this? That you feel like you're not yet at home? There's a hole in your life, there's an emptiness, there's a spiritual hunger at the depth of your being, and you're dying to know what it is to know and love God. That's where the younger son got to. And so he repented. And to repent means to turn away from the old life of living without God and turning towards Jesus and following him. That's what the younger son did. He said, I don't want to live like this any longer. I've had enough of feeling empty. I'm starving to death and I need to go home. Some of you are starving to death spiritually and you need to go home to the father. And you know, the father runs with open arms to meet you when you decide to come home. Some of you need to come home. Some of you are starving spiritually for a relationship with the Father, and he's waiting with open arms to welcome you and embrace you. If that's you, don't leave this place today without praying with a Christian. Come home to the Father in prayer, receive the forgiveness, enjoy the feast and the celebration of coming home. You see, the son didn't just say that he um, believed in the father's love. He actually went home to receive it. It's not enough just to believe in God and that he loves you. You've actually got to repent, turn away from the old life and follow Jesus. But there's still a lack of understanding in the younger son, even at this stage. Um, verse 19. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Um, he thinks he's out of the family, right? He thinks he's got he's to pay his way back into the family as the son by doing some hired work. And he, said, he wants to say to the father, don't treat me as a son anymore. I don't deserve it. I need to earn your love again. But before he can get these words out, the father interrupts his speech and says this, verse 22. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. The gifts of the robe, the ring and the sandals make it clear he's still the son. He's never earned that status as being son. It's a gift. The robe is a sign of authority. 
and the ring a sign of full sonship. He's never lost his place in the family, but he has regained it by coming home, right? Doesn't have to earn it, he has it already. The father just wanted the love of his son. And now that's been restored by coming home. This is what God wants from every single one of us. He doesn't want your service, your obedience, your rule keeping. He wants you. He wants your love. We don't earn the Father's love through service and faithfulness. We already have the Father's acceptance, love, welcome, forgiveness in the cross. We are forgiven, restored, welcomed home already. God has robed us in the righteousness of Christ. He's put a ring on our finger, signifying that we have full rights of eternal life as adopted sons of God. You see, when you revel in, delight in, enjoy God's love as Father, you won't want to rebel and go off into a far country, and you won't want to get self-righteous like the older brother because your security is in the Father's love, and you can serve in the security and joy of being a dearly loved child of God. Do you see? The Father wants your love. He doesn't want your things or your service or your obedience, at least not in the first place. Just so happens that God has preordained good works for us to do. It's what it says in Ephesians 2, but we're saved by grace first, right? And then out of grace, we can do good works that we've been made to do. But the problem is, as Christians, we put the good works first and forget about the grace. Let's examine, let the spirit examine your heart this morning. Are you becoming more like the older brother? Self-righteous, judgmental, unable to party and celebrate when new people are joining the kingdom, feeling left out, feeling as though you're not being recognized? Or are you in the far country? Have you drifted away from God? Alienated yourself from the father's love? Why don't you come home? Come, come into the party if you're becoming like the older brother. Come home to the father if you're becoming like the younger son. And if like me, there's bits of both in you, come into the party and come home. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you search our hearts now and see if there is any offensive way in us and Lord, as you reveal the state of our hearts, as we ask, are we becoming more like the elder brother or are we in the far country like the younger brother? Father, help us now to come home to you, to revel in your love again. So let's do business in the silence with God. Let's repent, turn away from elder brother behavior and younger brother behavior.
Father, would you pour out your love into our hearts again through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might be able to celebrate and enjoy and delight in you and your love for us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So this last song, um, let it be a prayer for us. It might be new to some of you. We're going to sing through the first verse and chorus and then sing that again. Um, but it talks about us coming in simplicity before God. I come in simplicity, longing for purity, to worship you in spirit and truth, only you. Lord, strip it all away, till only you remain. I'm coming. To my first love, only you. You're the reason I sing, the reason I sing. Yes, my heart will sing how I love you. Yes, my heart will sing how I love 
to my first love. Lord, this morning, if there's anybody here who wants to come back to you, Lord, we just ask that you would just move their hearts now. Or somebody who wants to come to you for the first time, just move their heart now. Lord, we thank you that you loved us. We thank you that you're that father, that you open your arms to each one of us. And so, Lord, as we go out into this week, Lord, may we know your love. May we know your grace. May we know your purpose for each one of us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.